Well, good morning. It's Henry Harris, and welcome to another edition of edition of the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic: constriction of spirit. Okay, let us begin with a simple overview. We are exploring in this podcast discussion that your and my mental wealth, mental health, and mental wealth is unconditional. It's not dependent on any circumstances that are unfolding around us. We are always and in every moment connected to a source of wisdom, no matter what the flow is that's flowing through us. The flow might be a a distressing flow. It might be an expansive and peaceful flow. It is always one flow. It's, It's a source. There's one single simple source behind everything. It's the only way that things work is that things are being created because there's only one power source. There's only one power source that in, in that is energizing and giving life, existence, ongoing presence. There's only one source that is making responsible all of that. And it's coming from beyond this world. It's not coming from the circumstances and the events of our lives, but rather it's coming from this place that's beyond that we are wholly dependent on. What are we dependent on? It looks and feels like we are wholly dependent on uh, the circumstances and the events of our lives. But no, it's not true. We are interacting with and we have the opportunity to respond to the events of our lives. But the actual moment to moment feelings and moods and psychological happenings that are happening inside of us That's coming from a single simple source. And that has the power to truly change our whole relationship with with our lives, with our with our with with everything. It has the the capacity to to just completely reinvent our way of experiencing our lives. We get to go from being um, a victim to a partner. We get to go from being um, reactive to responsive. Yes, there is a uh, 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 something that we are dependent on, but it's not, it's not the, it's not the myriad details and circumstances of life. No, it's the single simple source. You might notice some banging going on around me because there is a circumstance happening called some construction. And that's where I'm recording today in at one floor down from some construction. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so let's look at that again as within a little bit of an overview fashion. So, um, those moments, those feelings arise within us. It happens fast. And those feelings can naturally cause distress or alternatively a feeling of elation. And if we misunderstand those feelings, we can identify them as being rooted in things of this world. We could think that, oh, well, where's that feeling coming from? Let me get more of that, of those things that are causing it, or let me get less of those things. That that analysis, innocent as it is, is is mistaken, and it draws us into, it just draws us into a form of 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 an illusion, and it engages us in ways that are are um, exhausting and unhelpful. Whereas the opportunity to appreciate, you know, there's there's a the world is happening out there, and I'm responsible to relate to it. But the flow of my internal moods and feelings is something that's kind of like its own weather system. And I can watch it. I can watch it. I can be aware of it. I I certainly feel it. I don't know how to avoid feeling the intensity of those feelings. 
but I can watch it and be aware of it in a way that it's not gripping me and it's not, it's not yanking me around in a reactive manner. No, I get to, I get to be with it. I get to watch it and see, oh, look at this. I'm experiencing a certain uh, a peacefulness, a certain feeling of gratitude. That's a gift. I wouldn't, I would, I, I want to be careful not to uh, tr- attribute it to an event. It's wonderful to look at an event that happened that's a blessing and say, one, what, what, how much gratitude is there to be had? Like, I want to, I want to focus on the good. It's a good thing to focus on the good, but that doesn't create a feeling in our heart. It is a, it's a value. It's a tremendous value to focus on the good in one's life. But it's not with the premise that focusing on the good creates a feeling. It's true. If we do focus on good, it's normal that human beings experience a certain uh, sense of blessing. It's normal that that natural capacity for gratitude shows up in our heart. But it's not like a one-to-one correspondence. I focus on a positive thought, and then the positive thought touches my heart. No, thoughts... Of a of a of an thinking intellectual nature, they don't touch my heart. There's only one thing that touches my heart. It's the same thing that touches everything in this world. That's the single simple source. And independent of whether I can create a good feeling in my heart by focusing on the good, it's wonderful to focus on the good. And simultaneously, if I get a feeling of distress, I'm often it's often the case that I might look around and wonder, well, where's that coming from, and how do I avoid it or change it or fix it. And it could be that there's a need to respond to circumstances in my life, but I'm not doing so with the premise that I'm going to thereby change my feelings. No, I, I want to be thoughtful. I'm interested in knowing, well, what's true about the circumstances? And is there a, is there, is there some type of a wisdom that is available to me? Do I have the ability to be responsive? Am I in more of a reactive space? What's true about this moment, about this feeling, about this psychological experience? Okay, so that is our, our, our kind of overview. And now we talked today about the, the idea of constricted and a constricted spirit. It's unbelievable the degree to which the, the Torah portion of this week, and particularly Rashi's comment on it, uh, really kind of lays out a major part of the premise that we're focused on week in, week out. The idea that there is this internal world that is being created and that is affecting us uh, and has, we have the ability to kind of watch it and acknowledge it. So the Jewish people are traveling and they get discouraged at a certain point. It says about the Jewish people as they're on their journey, the, uh, it says they journeyed from Mount Hor by way of the Sea of Reeds to go around the land of Edom. And the spirit of the people grew short with the road. The, the, the spirit of the people grew short with the road. Now Rashi wants to understand what does it mean to say that the spirit of the people grew short? What is that exactly? So he says, Anything that is difficult for a person. Um, let's see. All the, yeah, the expression of the shortening of the spirit applies to anything that is difficult to a person. Like a person upon whom something difficult falls. His state of mind is not broad. 
It's not broad enough, likabel oso hadover, to accept that thing. The thing itself is not the problem. It's that his state of mind is not broad enough to receive that thing. He doesn't have room in his heart, where that pain might be able to reside. In other words, the pain itself isn't the problem. The circumstance is not the problem. This is fascinating. Not only is the circumstance itself not the problem, even the pain is not the problem. That is to say, a person can be with various circumstances, a person can be with various levels of pain because there's something independent of pain called ruach, one's state of mind. And kotsu ruach means there's not sufficient, the kotsu ruach literally has a constricted spirit, a constricted heart. There isn't room, if there isn't room in a person's heart for pain, then that pain is overwhelming. If there's room in his heart, for pain, then he feels the pain, but he's not overwhelmed by it. And our job in this world is to is to partner with the Creator in growing that space in our heart. I don't. I, let me be very clear. I don't know how to grow it in the way that I might stretch a, a, a ball of dough or a ball of clay. I'm not talking about, obviously, the capacity to just stretch something mechanically with one's hands. How does one go about stretching one's consciousness, one's heart, to more consistently have room for a variety of circumstances and states of mind? But that's exactly what's being described here. The, The Torah is telling us that from thousands of years ago, the mission of the Jewish people is codified. It's in. It's in. It's it's built into the story of the Torah, the the the, the blueprint for our journey in this world, because it's a forever document and it's relevant to us here and now. We can know that that there will be ongoingly a challenge of what's called kotzeruach, a constricted heart, a place, a, a degree to which we lack space in our heart to be with the circumstances and the pain that arises in our play in our in our lives that's the that's the language of rashi that that a person has the concept of kotzeruach applies to anything that is difficult to a person and his state of mind is not broad enough to accept that thing there isn't place there isn't space there isn't room in his heart Lagursham oso hatsar to that that pain can be. There's a, a big job in this world is that there be the ability to be with the difficulties of our lives. I'm again, I'm not suggesting this has anything to do with passivity or being a doormat for the sake of being a doormat, but the capacity to be constructive and responsive to pain means it begins with the ability to be with that pain. You can't respond appropriately or solve a problem if you have zero tolerance for the difficulty. Like the metaphor that I've used on other occasions, like the, the smoke alarm. If it, a smoke alarm is a sound that draws your attention to, hey, is there something here that's dangerous? A difficult feeling can be a, a, a sign, hey, there's something inappropriate. Maybe somebody's violating me. Maybe something. Maybe somebody is trespassing in, in what is rightfully mine. Maybe somebody's betraying me. Maybe there's something that I've done wrong that needs repair. Those painful feelings are like a smoke alarm. 
But if I have so little capacity to be with painful feelings, then I'm not going to take the time to look and see, wait, what's going on with the smoke alarm? Is there is there danger in this in the in the house? Is there actual fire? Is there actual smoke or did, did something else set it off? If I have to run away from the alarm and not even address the information that is being made available by that alarm, it's not it's just not helpful. It's not a it's not a way to make use of the information of our of our feelings. It's not a way to make use of this extraordinary faculty called feeling. I get to feel things. Some of those feelings are um, wondrously descriptive of necessary responses. And some of them are simply descriptive of my flow in this moment that I get to be with. I get to be with and feel the pain in order to grow my heart, in order to exercise this capacity to live with difficulty, to live with unpleasant feelings, because I understand the truth about feelings. Feelings are, are part of a healthy and safe world that I can watch, I can be with, and then I can experience part of the, the, the wisdom of those feelings is that they, they allow me to, to reconnect to the source of everything, to set aside the degree to which I'm self-centered, really self-centered. Like I can appreciate, you know, there's, I feel this intensely, but maybe this isn't the whole picture of reality. Maybe I can be with this feeling and not have to run away from it or fix it. Maybe the feeling isn't an indication of tra- of of, of uh, danger in the way that it immediately feels like. Let's be with this. Let's develop the capacity to be with all kinds of feelings, knowing the truth about feelings. So this is our mission in this world. This is a healthy and central part of our mission is to appreciate the building that's going on around me, the construction that's happening on top of me, uh, and also the capacity to to know the simple truth. I experience ongoing flow. My heart is a receptacle of divine of a divine flow. That flow includes expansive and peaceful and warm, trusting consciousness. It includes an insecure, self-centered consciousness. And while it looks like it's describing the events and circumstances of my past, present, and future, really it's describing the quality of or the, the nature of the divine flow in this moment. I wouldn't use the word quality because that suggests that there's a hierarchy of feelings. And while I certainly prefer good feelings, I also realize that my main goal in life is not to feel good. It's to know what's good. It's, to, it's not to feel a certain way. It's to, it's to know what's true. That's the, that's the freedom path. The freedom path is to be interested in knowing what, what's true about this moment. That's going to allow me to navigate my feelings, see their wisdom, see the healthy context in which they're occurring. And to the degree that I can be with those feelings and practice that, practice that watching, practice that curiosity. Practice is even, it's a strong word because it's really not a doing. It's a very gentle and very small, um, but significant, small, but significant choice to, 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 to inquire within, hmm, what do I know about this feeling? Can I watch it? Can I be with it? Can I acknowledge that there's a divine source behind all feelings? Can I acknowledge that while it looks like the feelings are being created and shaped by the events and circumstances of my life, I know something different. And when I do that, I can make use of the constricted space in my heart. It's so much, there's so much growth available. There's so much growth available 
when I appreciate that the that the that the painful feelings are not to be avoided, but to, they are the path. They are the path of growing the space of my heart.